Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. We want to take a moment to share some really cool news. We've been selected as one of the top 10 Houston Dynamo podcasts by Feedspot. It is an absolutely incredible honor, so make sure to check out the full list over at https colon backslash backslash blog.feedspot.com backslash Houston underscore Dynamo underscore podcasts. Thanks again, Feedspot, and thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Now, here's your show. If you're enjoying the show and find yourself wanting to discuss with us during the week, hit us up on Twitter. At Gen Orange Radio, we try to tweet a few times per day or at least respond to tweets that mention us. You can also follow at Chase Segovia, Mark's Twitter, for the greatest hot takes. And of course, follow me at Sean Ringrose, even though I may be wrong about roughly 25% of the time. Thanks for listening, and as always, enjoy the rest of the show. You know, guys, we are very fortunate to have many good friends in the soccer community. But the one we are most grateful for is Jen Cooper, a.k.a. Keeper Notes. Jen is an absolute goldmine of wisdom, experience, and advice. And Mix Zone, that's Mix Zone with two X's, is one of the best women's soccer podcasts running today. Check the podcast out at https colon backslash backslash bgn.fm backslash category backslash podcasts backslash the hyphen mixed with two x's hyphen zone or just check out the keeper notes twitter at keeper notes hey thanks for listening enjoy the show what is up everybody oh we are a couple of seconds early but that's okay it happens it happens First of all, huge shout out to our ever-vigilant, ever-tired streamer friend and streamer boy, producer, and everything else extraordinaire, uh, Nestor. We do appreciate you, sir, so thank you, uh, especially for hanging in there now that you have a job where you drive to the Woodlands to back and uh, to and from every day uh, and uh, are still committed to the show. That is uh, that is wonderful, sir. We do appreciate that. Uh, but... Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and thank you for buying uh, Mark a beer on whatever the next day that y'all are together, probably Saturday, uh, for the City and uh, Arsenal match. Uh, yeah, but I gotta, I gotta see if I can get up, man. <laughs> you, you better get up for that. If he's offering you, if he's gonna get you one free beer, you better be up for that. Uh, even even if Arsenal are gonna get spanked, absolutely spanked <laughs> by City on Saturday. That match might that match might be five nil by halftime. I know I said five nil for the whole match, but that might be five nil at hey, halftime hey, with how hey, y'all hey. how your defense has been playing. Look, look, man, we're talking dynamo. Oh, yeah, we are talking dynamo this week, man. It's funny how quick the Arsenal fans are willing to change the subject when uh, their team sucks. Uh, but uh, man, enough about that. So uh, first of all, welcome to Generation Orange. I am one of your two hosts, Sean Ringer is my co-host, Mark Segovia. What's going on, guys? What up, people? Uh, look, obviously, we're going to do this show a little bit different. We have no real talking notes for this week except for one thing, and you guys already know what we're going to talk about. We've been kind of talking about it on Twitter as it is. Obviously, we'll review the uh, the poll of the day at some point as well. We'll talk a little bit of Dash as we can. But obviously, the big, uh, serious um, thing we want to talk about is 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 really down to uh, the Houston Dynamo and the state of the Houston Dynamo. And what do we, where do we go from here? What can we as fans do? Uh, I want to talk, obviously, about the uh, the 
Um, the message being sent by the surge uh, to the front office, I feel like, to, to Ted Segal as well, to the Dynamo in general. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, bags, uh, the brown bags, uh, and the fun associated with that. Uh, so, yeah, everything Dynamo. Uh, we will get a little bit of dash in here because I think there's a little bit of something to be said about that as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's the focus for today, Mark. So, uh, almost started off. Why don't we hit the, the ground running with the uh, poll today? The poll day, guys, you know, obviously, every time we have a show, we try to have a poll question of the day. Um, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. This time we did. Uh, obviously, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, let's just say, a lot of noise around the club right now. And um, some of it good, some of it bad, because, you know, obviously, when there's a tension and when there's a, uh, stuff going on that's not really supposed to be going on as far as like you know productivity with the club whatever you know as fans and supporters man i feel that we have a voice and we need to exercise that voice when we're not satisfied with the result that's going on the pitch and right now it's one of those times that unfortunately for the club and for the front office and the people around uh there's a lot of things there's a lot of negativity in the air but let, but let's get to the poll question of the day uh, the poll question today, so the Matt, the hashtag Fire Matt Jordan movement is visible during the Texas Derby. So easy question, who stays and who goes? And obviously the four choices were Jordan and Ramos out, Jordan and Ramos in, Jordan out, Ramos in, Jordan in, Ramos out. First and foremost, I want to give a shout out to Matt Jordan for, you know, participating in the poll. Uh, you know, <laughs> obviously, you know, I'm guessing he's the, he's, the, he's the one that did the Jordan in, Ramos out. <laughs> the one the one vote there so you know I, I appreciate you know the the love and and the love and you know and the participation in that part but right now as it currently stands it's um it's kind of tight it's kind of neck the neck with the two uh answers i think everybody pretty much figured it's um jordan and ramos out both of them 51 percent, and jordan out ramos in 45 <clears> percent. <throat> obviously we we know we talked about this uh prior show and I know we talked about it, you know, uh, privately and, and you know, uh, uh, obviously on, on, the, on Discord and other things as well. Um, I see where people are split as far as, you know, I don't think people are split as far as letting Matt Jordan go. That's why the tag fire Matt Jordan movement is so visible and so, and so visibly seen right now on Twitter and obviously during the game uh, last Saturday. But, you know, the whole Ramos thing, people are kind of split down the middle about it. And I understand. You know, it's, it's, it's completely understandable. Um, you know, but I think from my standpoint, you know, I'm leaning towards, like, let's just, let's just go a whole fresh rebuild. Um, you know, I think from my standpoint, talking, you know, obviously, highly about Tab, you know, and, and, and what to the table and what potential he had to do, what potential he had with this club. As far as you know, being <clears throat> affiliated with the United States Men's National Team, um, knowing players from all around the world, you know different things, obviously. Um, but up to this point, sixty plus games in, we just haven't seen the results. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It, it could it could be Sir Alex Ferguson coaching the the Dynamo, but if at sixty games he's only won seven times, you know it's it's uh it's 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 cause for concern and. It might be time to move on to to the next uh, chapter in this in, in this club's history, um, and get away from this uh, little bit of a dark cloud over the club that's been over us for quite a couple of years now. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I also understand the other side of the, the issue where you know a lot of people are defending Tab because you know he's only been here for 
uh, you know, a little less than two years. You know, we can't really blame all the all of Matt Jordan's defect, you know, on, on him, which we don't, which I don't. Look, honestly, we all know that Matt Jordan's been here longer. He's been here about seven years now with us, seven seasons. Uh, we understand. We, we give we give the appreciation where it's due. Obviously, you know, under him, we there was a U.S. Open Cup win. There was a 2017 Western Conference Finals appearance, which you know, which obviously, yeah, great. But that that that, that does that does nothing compared to the negative the the, the ne- negative run that we've had underneath him, underneath him. Uh, if it was something balanced, where it was more like, you know, four years good, three years bad, or or three years bad and four, uh, uh, three years good and four years bad, okay, maybe we might be a little bit lenient, right, towards the whole fire Matt Jordan thing. But but it's been so bad. It's been so bad, Sean. Um, you can see the morale in some fans, and obviously you saw a Texas Derby where the stadium was ethically non-existent for a Texas Derby. You know, when this is the time where everybody should be really focusing and 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 trying to go out there and show Dallas who's boss and who's daddy in sac in Texas. Boy, that's a lot to unpack right there. But uh, let me start off before I share my thoughts on the uh, Texas Derby and the show out for the Texas Derby. Uh, I want to first talk about your poll question of the day. Um, you know, uh, tab in, tab out, Jordan in, Jordan out. You know, where do I fall? Uh, I think if anybody's been following Twitter recently, especially the Gen Orange, Gen Orange Twitter account, that's at Gen uh, Orange Radio. Thank you at Gen Orange Radio. I was like, I totally blanked on where out what what our Twitter handle was at Gen Orange Radio. If you aren't following us, do us a favor, follow us on Twitter. Uh, but uh, if you've been following on Twitter and you've been interacting with us at all, you know that I am very strongly leaning uh, now into the camp, and I have been now for probably the last two weeks. I would say uh, maybe just the last week and a half. Uh, ever since that, the uh, not the not this week midweek match, but the 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 match on uh, last Saturday. Um, I, I have been very, or sorry, not since the, the match on Saturday, not the Texas Derby, but the midweek match before that one. So a week and a half, or I guess technically a little, just a week. Uh, but regardless, I've been firmly in the tab out and the Jordan out, um, group. And, you know, I, I've seen on Twitter, there's been questions on Twitter, you know, Hey, has tab been given a fair shake? And even there were, there was someone who was even advocating that, you know, you look at Jordan's record, and I think it's unfair. He's been saddled with coaches maybe that aren't aren't quality enough, and and then you know never been given the the tools to really have a budget uh, of you know necessary proportions to really make moves that are necessary to compete in MLS. And I think those are valid concerns and those are valid statements. But just like I said on Twitter, look, even if you even if you vie for Tab in and you feel the same way that you know Tab's not had a roster that's been MLS quality. We've only been able to acquire basically MLS second run players or MLS backup players. Uh, you know, we don't have the budget to acquire real starters. Um, you know, I would argue that 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 is true. However, even with the players he has, we should still be winning or at least, yeah, we should be winning roughly 20% of our matches. And Tab's record is nowhere near 20%. Um, if you look at the play on the field from the players, it, it's very clear that the players are not playing for him and they're not even playing for each other at this point. That's definitely a coaching failure. Uh, if you look at the tactical decisions, I mean, how many times has he been able to make a substitution? Uh, you know, the opportunity was clearly there and is elected to remain with his starting 11. 
um, you know, or only make one or two subs when he has five subs available. Look, I, I get that, that to some extent you don't think your bench is good enough, but I can tell you watching certain players, a player like Griffin Dorsey is not that much better than an Ariel Lasseter out on the wing. He's not that much better than a than the Memo Rodriguez on the wing, even though we don't like Memo Rodriguez on the wing. He's not that much better than even, I would say, a, a Darwin Seren on the wing, for that matter. Um, you know, it, it's been very clear that Tab just, he he's, I, I almost feel like Tab is at the point that he knows that his time with the Dynamo is probably coming to an end. Uh, and I would even go so far as to say that he may even be trying to not proactively trying to get himself out of, you know, trying to get fired, so to speak, so he has time to find a new job. But at the same time, I feel like he feels like he really wishes that Ted would just make a decision now instead of waiting until the end of the season. I don't think Tab genuinely believes that with this team, with the players he has, with the coaching staff he has, that he can even that he can get this team to the playoffs at this point. I don't think that he believes that he can even win matches with this team at this point. And I think our first glimpse of that was when we were on the road and he played a five-man back line for the first time. Um, that should have been our first clue that, that he didn't really feel comfortable with the players he had and with the, you know, the, the, the level of talent that he has. And look, if that's the case, as coach, you knew coming in that this team was not going to be one, this club was not going to be in a position to afford you the highest paid players in the league. You knew you were not going to be afforded the top 10 in any position in the league. You knew that you were going to have to scrape the bottom of the barrel. As a coach, you should have done your research to know this information. You should have known you were being paired with Matt Jordan to find the players that you felt would be good enough to succeed in the league, even if the team is not spending the money that you want them to spend. But at the end of the day, here we are. We have brought in players that honestly reek of Tab's decisions, Griffin Dorsey, Derek Jones, um, Ian Hoffman, uh, and, and the list goes on from there. And yet, among all of those players, Derek Jones no longer starting because he's been a he's been a mess. Half the time he starts, he's a mess, which sounds like just about every player on our on our team at this point. Griffin Dorsey, he is starting, but he's not a very good winger. He's an okay winger, but those crosses leave absolutely something to be desired. And then, of course, you have Ian Hoffman, who hasn't had a single start yet. Um, and, and frankly, to me, has in the the limited minutes he's had with the Dynamo. He's not looked like he's anything more than a backup, and, and that's fine if that's what he is, but it is Tab's responsibility if those are the players that he is pinpointing because those are the players that he can get, he needs to get more out of them. He needs to find a way to motivate them, and I think to Harry's point here, number one, uh, what I was saying is that absolutely what Harry said. Tab has checked out. That's what I feel like has happened at this point, point. and then to Harry's second, you know, second point or second question Tab was brought in to help build the academy and get younger players to develop. That is true. However, here's the flip side of that. Now that we have a new owner, now that we have a different direction that we can take, we still want to build the academy and we still want to develop young players, but he has yet to play young players consistently over the course of a season. He played he played Lemoyne and he played Palomino for like one to two matches last season, maybe three. Three matches last season. Played them none this season. He even sent Palomino on loan to Charlotte Independence. He sent Eric, sent Eric McHugh uh, on loan to, uh, to, to Charleston Battery. And both players are having solid seasons with their teams. There's no reason we couldn't have ha at least kept those players around and given them an opportunity. At this point in the season, there's no doubt that those two players could probably be starters for this team. 
If that is the case, then this is absolutely the time for Tab to be shown the door and to recall those loans. Look, there's no requirement that you continue to loan a player out in, in soccer. Once you have loaned a player out, if you feel you need to recall them back, you can recall them back. That's how loans work. It's the whole point of a loan. Um, but look, I, and, and to C's point, and, and I'm, we'll get to that in a second because, like I said, this is kind of focusing on Tab at the moment. But, you know, even if you want to go the route of Tab's been saddled with Jordan his entire tenure, so he's not had the best GM, he's not had the players he really wants, you're right. But even in that, there are red flags and there are signs that he is not good enough as a coach to to get these players or to get new players, for that matter, to the next level. And look, I'm not defending Jordan in any stretch of the imagination. I believe that man deserves to be shown the door sooner rather than later. And frankly, he needs to be shown the door quicker than Tab does because you need to get a new GM in fast before you get a new coach in. Um, but with where we are right now, you know, I, I don't want to continue to see tr Tab on the sideline. I just don't because it's 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 negatively impacting whatever we have with this roster we have. Look. I don't think that Parker wants to stick around much longer. And he's only been here for a season, you know, and, and I suspect that teenage DB is starting to question his decision to come here. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Karaski is probably already looking at this roster going in the situation and going, what did I sign up for? Why did I sign up for this? Probably already looking for a way out. So, you know, I just, I struggle to think that tab needs to stick around because we need to give him another chance. I think we are at a, in a situation where we just need to cut ties and we need to start over. We need to start from scratch. And yes, there's this whole, you know, th there were people bringing up the point of, uh, you know, we, we've been building for a long time and we have some pieces and you're right. We have some pieces, but the problem is those pieces right now, they're, they're broken pieces because now the, the situation that we find ourselves in between our coach and our GM and, and the frustration in the locker room, the negative frustrations in the locker room, the negative impacts that all this has had, you know, it, it's just mentally taxing and it's mentally exhausting. And, you know, I, I just think we need to we need to tear it all down. Let's start from the very beginning. Let's start from scratch and let's do it the right way with the right amount of investment in the right places with Ted really putting his money where his mouth is and, and, and actually bringing in one to two very good quality top three elite, you know, level players that in key positions at striker at attacking midfielder, you know, even at central mid as a, you know, as a true D mid, what, whatever positions you want to, you want to key on right there. But we need three, you know, two to three very quality players in those positions. And right now those three positions in particular, look, as much as I like a Rudy, as much as he's been very good for us this season, he is not that top three guy in the league. He's just not. And so, you got it. You got to do better. And and, you know, like I said, I can't place all the blame at Tab's feet. But at the same time, I can't place all the blame at, at Matt Jordan's feet either. He clearly made it work with Wilmer, at least for a season. So if he can make it work with Wilmer for a season, why couldn't the same have been done with Tab Ramos? And don't say it's because he didn't have the talent. I struggle to believe that Tab didn't have an, enough talent to at least be competitive this season. And as I said, it doesn't matter who you are in the league. You should still win at least 20% of your matches because you have 17 home matches a season. And even considering you only win five of those matches, maybe 10 of those matches, that is still a positive net positive and still way above where we are right now. Go ahead, uh, Mark. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, unfortunately, what you're saying is correct. You know, Tab, had, Tab came in with all this heat and all this fire, you know, we were with all this excitement, you know, and going back to what Harry said as far as, you know, him building up the academy and, and helping getting young players to develop him, 
came to the first team. It's one of those things where, like, dude, like, you know, we're not even seeing that at, at the at the very least. You know, obviously, we know, you know, Lemoy got a got a couple of shots last season, Palomino, and things like that. But go just to pick back off what you said, I mean, you know, Danny Rios has more starts for the for the Salvadorian national team does he than he does for Dynamo appearances. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, I, I think I mentioned this to a couple people at the game or or on Discord. I don't remember where, but um, I feel like the Dynamo just signed youth players just to say that we're signing youth players. I mean, are you going to use the guys? Are you? Are you? I mean, are you going to use them? I mean, are we just paying these kids a professional contract just to say that we that we did? I mean, it's 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 complete crap. I mean, you know. I honestly think that these that these kids that we signed are on professional contracts should be given an opportunity at this moment because to be honest, I can't see them doing any any worse than what the than what the current crew is doing right now at the moment on the pitch for the team. Uh, at, at, at the very least, they have the opportunity to learn from their mistakes and grow. They have a ceiling. They have they they have uh, uh, ceilings that they that that are still still there to be reached where. As a team that we have right now, as much as much effort as I, as I think these guys have given uh, the, the players on the current team, I think they've reached their ceiling. This this is their max, and it, it and it sucks because you know if this is their max, you know these guys are giving their 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 heart the hearts out and playing as much as much as they can up up to level to their skill level or their talent level, and. And and that and and that and that's the and that's and that's great, right? You want players to to play their hearts out, if but their talent and their skill level can only take them so far. And this might be the this might be the ceiling of, of what they're able to give us. And and if that's the case, then we need to, we need to find help soon. And maybe some of these kids can 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 do that for us. I mean. Why is it so hard for us to put any of the youth out there for for whatever reason? I mean, you see, I mean, Seattle not a couple of weeks ago filled like six youth players because of international duties and things of that nature. And this is the club. This is the, and this is the cream of the crop club in, in MLS. You know, you see players like um, uh, Kate, 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 uh, Colin Kate or whatever from New York Red Bulls who who started playing for them for seventeen years old or or Kate Powell. Okay, Cowboy in South in San Jose, you know, Borussia with uh, Sporting KC, all teenagers, yeah. all teenagers, and all these kids are gonna are being moved along, you know, to to bigger and better things. Um, we will never be able to find our our Cod- our Caden or Caldwell or or, or Borussia because we don't give our kids a shot, you know, and and that's a shame because you know we thought we had brought the coach in that was gonna help us, you know, kind of. That thing speed that process up, speed that process up a little bit, but it just hasn't been the case. You know, it, it's frustrating for me because if I look back even two years ago, you had Palomino coming out of the academy, you had uh, Eric McHugh had already signed a contract, uh, you had, of course, uh, Lemoyne, um, and there was one other player, and I can't remember who it was, and then yeah. you also had, uh, and then you had Danny Rios. Who was the other one? Castilla, Castilla, Juan Castilla. Um, you had all these players that got signed, and and you know some of them we knew were not going to start right away. Juan Castilla, being 15 years old, he wasn't going to start right away. Um, you know, Palomino, you know, we we felt that he should be a starter, uh, even if he wasn't going to be great right out of the gate because he needed time to improve. 
but at least he would be getting those MLS minutes and he needs to get MLS minutes. Look, the reason why Seattle has so many players that have come up is because they call the players up. It's not because they have necessarily a great academy system. They do, but it's also because they are not afraid to call those players up and give them chances. Smetzer is not afraid to slot any of the Seattle Academy players into a position and let them play in, in matches where the, the starter that's in front of them is injured or out. All we've seen from Tab and all we've ever seen from coaches with the Dynamo is even if that player is available, we don't even consider them. We would much rather go make a trade like for, I don't know, a Griffin Dorsey when you have Nico Lemoyne on the bench, when you have Marcelo Palmino out on loan, we could have brought in Marcelo Palomino, saved our money on Carrasquilla. Now, that's not to say I don't like the Carrasquilla, um, you know, uh, signing, but it's it's to say that we had opportunities for players to get time and to get minutes, and instead we wanted to spend a little bit of money, a very mo- small amount of money, simply to try to appease, you know, whatever's going on instead of trying to play our young players. And that was, as you have noted, that was the whole reason that everybody was on board with the Tab Ramos signing, or at least the majority of people were on board with the Tab Ramos signing, is because he was a he was a coach that was supposed to be all about the young players. He was supposed to be a coach that would help nurture and develop young players. But it's like he's afraid to bring those young players in. And look, I don't care if they're not good enough to be a starter in your opinion. The fact is, you've played Memo out of position, and many players out of position to see Stan- Sanford's uh, point, and yet you're you're afraid to play these young players that have at least some capability. And if you give them MLS minutes, maybe they can become MLS level quality. Look, you can't you can't watch game tape and understand the speed of the game. You have to be in the game. And USL is not MLS. As much as I love what I'm seeing out of Palomino and Eric McHugh, if they're not being given MLS minutes, they're never going to become an MLS player. And one of the things that you also got to you also gotta take in point, right? Is that when you give these kids the when it's 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 going back to Tab coming from a from a coaching background of coaching youth players as opposed to now coaching professional players, right? It's a complete difference because you know youth players will do whatever you tell them to do because they're trying to get to that next that professional level. They're trying to get to that next level. They're trying to increase their game. They're trying to do whatever they need to do to make sure they're on the pitch every every given minute possible. So him knowing that. And him having the situations that he's having with Arwen Quintero or, or any other players or whatever, why is he not trying to play the youth, you know? And and having these Danny Rios or uh, Nico Limon or Palomino run run through walls for him because he knows that they will because they're they're at the point of their they're in the beginnings of their careers where they're trying to well all they're trying to do is just get on the pitch and play and play first team first team minutes. So you know, if you're having such a issue, such a hard issue with finding a midfielder who 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 uh, who, uh, who will cover the defense once they lose the ball, or or if you're having such a hard issue with finding a a left back or a right back, or or, or you know, being defensive minded as opposed to always worrying about being uh, being involved in the offense, then put one of those players on there. You know, let them let them play, let them see what they can do. I mean, you know, at this point, when this if you're gonna ever change. Or play a player out of position. You play them out of position when they're young, and they and they just want to get on the field, and they're willing to do whatever it takes, and they have the the athleticism and 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 lungs to go out there and do whatever is required at that position that you play them in. You know, the fact when you try to play a Memor Rodriguez on the wing, you know, and he's so accustomed to playing in the midfield, or you know, as 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 an eight, as a natural eight, 
you know, it makes it hard for me, even though Memo's still fairly, fairly young, but I mean, he's already kind of entrenched into that eight role, right? For, for not just, not just during his time with Tab, but previous regimes as well. Um, you know, and it's, and it's, it's, it, it's just annoying to me sometimes, you know, but the, the simple fact is that it seems like we're the only team in the league that's not playing our youth and, and, and we're, the, and we're last place in the, in the league in the conference or whatever, you know, um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just a lot of things going wrong. And, you know, like I said, I understand the side of the people who want to give Tab another ear, but to be honest, man, like you, like you said, Sean earlier, and how I've been kind of just the start, the, from the start with the when, with the whole fire Matt Jordan thing, and you know, I was I, I, I was I was at it from the get go. If you're gonna fire Matt Jordan, fire them both. Just get it, just get a clean slate. Uh, get somebody who understands MLS and and how everything is gonna go, and then get a coach who is gonna try to bring out the best out of the players that they have currently. Because, like I said, we still don't know what what, what Ted is about, right? We hope we hope that Ted is is for real, and you know, and he's out here. He's gonna go out here and get players of quality and 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 up the payroll a little bit for Dynamo for the Dynamo and stuff like that. That's what we hope, but we, but that's not guaranteed. We don't know that. We don't know that for for sure. So we gotta we gotta do with what we know we can get we can get by with. I mean, you know, for as much as people want to harp on the fact that you know we're our payroll is always bottom five and things of that nature. I mean, yeah, that, we understand that. And and that, and does that give us a that gives that gives whoever comes in a, a even harder task to try to get this about out, out from underneath the ground. Yeah, I understand that, but there's other teams doing it. Colorado Rapids right now, third place, Western Conference Finals. I mean, Western Conference, the Western Conference have a lower payroll than us. Real Salt Lake don't even have an owner. They're they're in fifth place in the conference. You know, and you know, and and it's every team for the most part has something to deal with, but I mean. Obviously, you know, uh, people want to harp on the on the payroll, and that's fine. But there's other teams with lower payrolls than us that are that are doing better. And you know, every league and every and every league and every game in this in this in this country, there's 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 rich teams and there's poor teams. Poor teams win championships too, but that's because they put the right people in place that know how to maximize whatever whatever's given to them. You know. I mean, think think about the Oakland Athletics. I mean, poorest team in the in, in Major League Baseball, but in, year in year out, they're always fighting, battling against the Astros to win a division. Always battling to get the playoffs and, and things of that nature. I mean, it, it can it can be done. We just got to find the people to, and put them in the right place and be able to give them what they need to to be able to do what they need to do. Yeah, uh, you know, I agree. I mean, you, you pointed out very, very specifically, you know, Seattle, SKC, New York Red Bulls, you know, other other clubs that are that are out there, Philly, uh, you know, that are out there that are out there developing talent. And, and uh, you know, they're still spending money. But but what you know, we've talked about this before. If you develop your own talent, what that allows you to do is it allows you to spend more money in other positions. You're not having to you're not having to spread your your already thinnish budget across you know, across the entire team, you can instead spread that budget in, in smaller pockets and specific areas to improve specific positions. Or, um, or so I'm sorry, Sean, to cut you off. No, you're good. If, if, if you have youth players developing and playing in positions, you can spend more money on that one position that you, that can take you over the top. That's you know? yeah, that's that, exactly 100%. Yes. You know, so, and I'm going to go back to a question that somebody asked in chat. That's EAJ 6389. I see you. Would a better coach be able to win with this roster? 
They answered, I don't think so. I think the truth of the matter is a coach like, and I'm going to throw a coach out there that I think actually could coach this roster to be better than they are would be a simple one as, as Wilmer Cabrera. Um, I think a Brian Schmetzer, we get far more out of this, this roster than we've gotten so far. Look, I think a, 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 even a coach like Phil Neville would have gotten more out of this roster than we've gotten so far. The, the fact is, is that, look, I'm not saying that Tab is a bad coach necessarily, but in this situation with the players that he had and what he wants to do, it does not work. It just doesn't work. And I think a lot of fans tend to look at what the roster is right now and the way that Tab is employing everybody, and they believe that means that the roster itself is bad. The fact is, the roster itself is not bad. Look, we do need better players, but the roster itself is good enough to win more matches than we've currently won. It is good enough to be competitive in this league. Now, I'm not saying we could have been anything more than a playoff, you know, a, a team in the play-in match for the, for the playoffs, but we would be far better off than we are right now. The fact is, by Tab being coach, by Matt Jordan being GM right now, and the situation that we are in, we are in a no-win situation where no matter what we do, in all honesty, even if we brought in a premier coach in the next week, there is no doubt in my mind that this team is not going to be a playoff contender because even with a new coach, it takes time to get those players that you already have to understand the tactics and the system that coach wants to employ. It takes time for that coach to understand who his strengths are in terms of players and who his weaknesses are in terms of players and their styles and their approach, their creativity, their vision, you know, their desire to pass versus their desire to have the ball at the feet versus, you know, all the different little tactical decisions that go into that. And the fact is that tabs had a year and a half, two years at this point, And he's made no, he's made a, 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 the, the, the quality of play has degraded, and yet we're still spending as much money as we were spending the year before, if not a little bit more. If not uh, a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where Tab has experience coaching, but he doesn't have the right type of experience coaching. If you know what I'm, if you if you know what I mean, you know, uh, an experienced coach who who's been through the grind and things like that. You know, he understands the players that he has at his disposal. And he tries to put them in the best position available to to help them maximize their talent and their potential. You know, so so what does what does that mean, right? It means, hey, I'm gonna change my formation. I might I might I'm, my my formation might be a four three three holding, but if I don't have the players for that formation, I need to switch it around. I need I, I need to find something that's that's gonna help maximize. Uh, the talent and the skill that my players have that I have currently and make sure that I'm able to do whatever I need to do to, 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 uh, to get the best, the max out of these guys. He's, Go grab some water. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This four, three, three, it's a, uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's great when it's, when it's, when we're winning one, zero or two, one, whatever, because, you know, we're holding the, we're not allowing them any goals, but then it's a complete disaster when we're not scoring goals and the other team, you know, gets us on a counter and and beats us. <clears throat> it's 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 one of those things where there needs to be a switch rule. I mean, you know, if if a four three three holding ain't working, maybe a four two four two three one, you know, since he likes to play two sixes. Since we need since he feels the need to sacrifice an offensive player and add another defensive player, then play two sixes and you know, make those roles defined. Define them. Don't don't put three midfielders out there to play to play each and every one of the roles or each and every one of the roles that a midfielder has to play. When you play a four two a four two three one, the two sixes are two sixes. They stay in that 
in that area. You know, this 4-3-3 that he plays, Vera playing a six, and then 15 minutes later, he's, a, he's the attacking midfielder over there shooting from outside the box, scoring a goal, which is, which is great. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I like to see my six score goals, but, you know, but would I rather him have a more defined position, positional uh, stance where he knows where he needs to be at all times? Then, yeah, for sure. And not all, our, not all our midfielders have the talent to do to be able to do that, play box to box. Like, uh, uh, has uh, Hazy zero a one a. I'm sorry, I don't know who you are for sure. Because all our midfielders should be playing box to box and then some. That's right. Not everybody's a box to box midfielder, you know. Uh, Oko, for 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 example, I mean, he came in here as a playmaker. What are you doing, doing playing him box to box the first game? Like this kid has barely got off the plane, you know, coming in here, and you're playing him box to box. Oh, what's up, what's up, Haiti? I'm sorry, man. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. Like that's that's the thing that I don't understand about the playing out of position. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the players that I have, and I'm gonna put them in the best position available. If that means me as a coach changing my formation and and how I like to play football, that's fine because at the end of the day. The end goal is to win as many games as possible, make the playoffs, and eventually become a championship caliber team. But we're going backwards here, man. Way backwards. For as much as we wanted Wilmer Cabrera out and all that stuff, man, Wilmer is looking like, man, I, man, you know, I might want to ask him to come back, man. Heck no. Get away from here. You, you, go get yourself a glass of water. You need it. But, but, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, you know, for as much as you know, we 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 kind of ran Wilmer out, outside out of Houston, which is fine. You know, he 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 did what he did, and you know, he kind of deserved it at the end at the end of the day, right? But for as much success as he had, to compare to what kind of disastrous disastrous seasons that we've been having under Tab and Tab and Matt, I mean, dude, it's it's sometimes they say the grass isn't always green on the other side, and right now we're experiencing that. Look, it, it's interesting you bring that up uh, because I, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Hal Kaiser at Hal Kaiser on Twitter. Um, you know, he and I went back and forth for a long time when Tab was kind of hinted, rumored, and then it finally announced. And, and Hal always made the point that, you know, you have to keep in mind you're bringing in a, a guy who has no MLS coaching experience. He has no head coaching experience outside of youth players, outside of the U20 national team. Um, and, and, and frankly, really, that's a completely different coaching approach and, and tactical approach and everything else. And, you know, you, you have those players for two to four week sprints and then you don't have many more. So you can afford to run them out there and play them in press because high press all the time, because at the end of the day, you know, you don't have a match turning around in three days, or if you do, you're, you know, it's just four matches and they can run themselves into the ground. It's no big deal. Um, you know, when you're talking about club soccer, you've got 38 matches, 40 matches, whatever that number is, 38 matches that you've got to play uh, season over season. Um, and you, you span that across basically nine months of the year, eight months of the year. Um, and, and, you know, including international breaks, which do help a little bit, but it's just, it, it's very different uh, to C's point. It is very, very different. Um, and, you know, but Hal made the point that, you know, maybe this guy isn't the right guy. And at the time I, you know, I said, look, I don't care about his coaching experience. I want him because he has the capability to develop players. And that was not a, you know, I, I still believe that's true. I think for whatever reason, he's got it in his head that he needed to be a head coach first and he needed to prove that he could win first instead of focusing on developing players and starting young players. And once he got into that mindset and once he got into that focus that that was going to, you know, come hell or high water, he was going to, he was, you know, he was going to win. 
you know, he sacrificed what he was brought in to do, which was to be a developer of young players in order to try to win. And, and frankly, with the roster we had, that was a terrible decision. Uh, and I come back to the fact that if your coach is the one making that decision, which he definitely was, if the team you know, is being built the way that it is, and clearly Tab's fingerprints are on it because they're players that, that have connections with Tab almost exclusively, then you have to believe that Tab should be able to do more with this roster, and he's just not able to. Look, we, we, had, so much high tur- we had so much turnover year over year that a lot of these players are new. They didn't have Wilmer's fingerprints on them. In fact, there's only one player right now on this roster that really had Wilmer's fingerprints on him, and that was Boney. Uh, at this point, every player on that pitch should not be someone that, that, that needs to be built back up. But yet here we are looking at the players we have right now. And I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, no, you're not wrong. I literally have his face covered up, so I don't have to see his video feed right now. But I mean, it's just so, it's frustrating to me to see Tab fail at the one thing that we thought that he could succeed at, which is to develop players. Um, and for whatever reason, he's gone away from that and tried to become something that he probably could have been a good coach, you know, if he had, you know, if he had a much better team. Don't get me wrong. A lot of times, if you have a good enough team, then then you can account, you know, you can you can overcome a lack of quality coaching uh, to at least be competitive. But when you don't have a, a great team, when you don't have a good team, and you have a mediocre team, which well, let's be fair, that's the roster we have. When you have that. There's no doubt that you have to at least have decent to great coaching to to at least elevate enough to be, you know, a competitive team. And right now, these players, you know, a lot of these players are out there and they're playing their hearts out. Don't get me wrong. I look at Fafa, and I know Mark's going to have something to say about that. I look at Fafa, you know, I look at Rudy. I look at guys like Karaskia. I look at guys like Vera. These guys are giving everything they have, and yet it's not working, which tells you that something is not right. And if I look at this squad, it's not the fact that we don't have better players. Look, that that doesn't necessarily matter right at this very moment. What matters right at this very moment for this season is that the players that we have, regardless of the overall talent level of this team, it is not good enough from a play, a tactical approach, and a game plan standpoint. I feel like a lot of times we just go out there and play and hope that's good enough. And at this level, at this professional level, Players have to, and you said it, they have to know what their defined roles are. There has mm-hmm. to be some tactical approach where it's not just run out there and keep running until you're in the ground. Because yeah, that's mean, what it feels like. It feels like we are literally telling our players to go out there and just run and keep running and don't stop running back and forth across the pitch. I don't care. You are always going to press. And that just doesn't work in MLS, and that doesn't really work internationally very well either. Go ahead. You know, the thing is, like, you know, obviously if the game was just to run back and forth, then, you know, I think we'd be one of the top teams in the league, right? But that's not the whole point. The point is to be able to score goals, to be tactically positioned, and be put in the right position when you need to pass the ball back and forth between you and your teammates and open up the and open up the field. One of the things about having playmakers and being able to have and you know, like I said, look, for as much as you y'all all, you know, talk about like a Fafa this and Fafa that and I don't like Fafa here, whatever. If 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 Fafa was to, was tactically you know uh, skillful as far as like dribbling the ball and stuff like that and able to take players on one v one that'd be great you know because that would him taking players on one v one the defense has to bring help over which guess what that means somebody stay somebody becomes open right uh, and then if somebody becomes open Fafa being skillful would be able to make the pass needed 
you know, to give the ball over to whoever's open, you know, to hopefully put the ball in the back of the net or, or, or vice versa, whether it be passion on the left side or whoever. But the thing is that we don't have these players here that to, to basically, to basically, you know, take on defenders one v one. It's it's funny that every time we I was I was watching the game right the first half I'm thinking like man dude they have a lot of opportunities to do a lot of good things here in the box but it's but they're always one pass away and there's there's they're always one where where where's the help they're always and if 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 so and so was here on in that spot. You know, there's a, there's there's reasons why there's teams around the world and 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 NMLS that score a lot of goals because they know where to be at when a when a play when a player's doing a play or or when you know when a boss passes to a certain in the pitch, players know where to go. I feel I feel like, hey, if somebody makes a run on the wing, whether it be Fafa or Pasha on the other side or whoever's on the wing, all all Rudy does is just go forward and just hope that somebody passes in the ball. You know. Just, just try to pass it close to me, you know, and I'll try to make something happen. That's basically it. Which that's not, that's not, that's not a way to, to win games, or that's not the way to, to score goals. That's why Maxi, to be honest, is is stuck at six goals. I mean, honestly, I think Maxi has the skill over to be a uh, to to score a little bit more goals. I don't, like I said, I'm not, I don't think Maxi's a top five nine nine in, in MLS. Far from it. But I think you know, if if giving the opportunity and. and and if he was able, if he was placed tactically in a spot where he can receive balls and have players on the wing, if you're going to play wings, be able to cross him the ball and give him good positioning to be able to head those balls in or or at least it could be 1v1 against defenders inside the box, then I think he'd be a lot more successful. We don't have that. Like you said, Sean, it just seems like we're just telling the players to go out there and just go run and just kind of cause havoc. And if something falls our way, great. Um, sometimes, like I said, when, when the Dynamo fell 2-1 to Dallas, honestly, dude, like, and I, and I saw in the faces of everybody who I was next to, man, I kind of, we kind of felt like that was it, man. Cause you know, the Dynamo scoring one goal, especially cause it was a PK was like, oh man, great. You know, we scored a goal. So, you know, at least, you know, we, and we scored the goal first. So at least there's an opportunity for us to win. But then when Dallas came out and scored those two goals back to back, it was kind of like, man, we might be, we, we might lose this game. There was a high possibility we're going to lose that game, you know, and, and it sucks feeling like that because as a team we're we're not we're not um we're not fundamentally sound, and we're not out there doing the things that uh, we're not out there doing the simple things that need to be done to uh to be able to put us in a position to at least give us ourse- give ourselves a chance to compete on the pitch, not even win, just compete and be com- and be and, and be a, a a decent team. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> Mark, you gonna step away for a moment to try to fix those yeah. freezing issues real quick? All right, cool. So, yeah, I mean, you know, again, I look at this roster, and and I have even even if I you know account for the roster not being you know uh, not being a top five or even a you know top ten or top twelve MLS roster, you know, this roster should still be competitive. Look, Maxi Rudy proved you know we proved it early in the season with the first what three, four, five matches. This team came out absolutely on, on fire to start the season, and you could argue that, yeah, Pasher was involved in those matches, and he hasn't been involved because of the injuries and because of the Canadian national team call-ups for the Gold Cup, but that dude's going to be back. Um, he was practicing this week, uh, so he'll be back sooner rather than later, which is great. That's exactly what we need, but is he enough to lift this team 
you know, to the next level. And the fact is, if he ends up being enough for this team to become competitive, why is it that a single player in that position can be enough to lift the team? And you can't tell me it's the fact that Fafa Pico is on the left side of the pitch, because guess what? That's where he's going to play when, when Pasher comes back, because he is right now. Fafa Pico is one of our best two attackers on the on the field or on the pitch. Mark, I know, is cringing right now. I can feel the inward cringe from Mark. But <laughs> the fact is, between Arudi and Fafa, those are the best two players on the pitch right now. If Pasher yeah, comes mean, back, you'll have you'll have three great players on the pitch. But the way the teams are, the team is playing. Look, if Griffin Dorsey, what, what, you know, if we were trading for Griffin Dorsey, why'd we spend the money if he's not going to be a guy that's going to compete for starting minutes? We could have saved that money. We could have just brought back uh, or, or started, you know, kept starting Memo there. It, the difference in, in quality and output is not that much different. Look, and, and, and no disrespect to, to Dorsey. I mean, you know, obviously, look, he's, get, he's, he's given an opportunity. He's out there. He's hustling, right? Um, so that's, what, that's, what you, that's what you have to do when, uh, when, when you're given an opportunity. So he's trying to maximize the opportunity that, that he's getting. And, and by all means, you know, hey, if Dorsey can, can somehow get another team interested in, in him because of this, you know, way to go for him. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that matters, at, at the end of the day, I just feel that we just don't have the talent necessary to compete, right? It, it's, it's just nowhere, point simple, point blank. And who's in charge of acquiring the talent at Jordan, Right. Matt Jordan's been acquiring the talent. Look, Matt Jordan has had some hits. I, I, I like I, as much as I want him out. Yeah, I'll applaud him for the hits that he had. I mean, he he was the one who brought in Albert Elise, brought in Romo Romel Kyoto. You know, he brought in Juan, Juan David Cabezas. Now, obviously, those 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 players for one reason or another. You know, obviously, if uh, one of them because of injury injuries plagued them. You know, in in Cabezas case. Uh, Kyoto wanted to go for his personal life. He was out there doing stupid things. That's why that flamed out. And Albert Elise, that, that that whole thing with him, you know, with with the with the extension, and then obviously losing out on potential money that could have helped you and reinvest in the club and and potentially bring in bigger players. He botched that as well. The same thing with the the model the model Manota situation. So I mean, you know, obviously those, and then on top of. The, just the losing and constant losing and the way we're losing and how we're, you know, just, just dead last in this conference, man. I mean, it's, it's funny because I was listening to Glenn's show last night, right? And he was on with Victor and, 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 you know, with all the negativity that's going on with the dynamo, he made a, he made a, like a sarcastic comment. That's uh, I think it was Victor who made a sarcastic comment that said the dynamo is still in it to make the playoffs, which is technically true, right? They're still, they're still not, they're still in reach of making a playoff spot if they can just, you know, get a couple of wins, and we're at home for the next four or five games. So this would be the perfect opportunity to make that run. But do I feel confident in that, in that run happening? Hell no. I feel more confident in there being four losses at home than there being four wins at home. You know, and and, and that's just and that's just a damn shame to be put in that position and have that, those type of feelings, man. I don't, I don't want to have those type of feelings, but like, I, but I'm, but I'm a realist, you know? That's yeah. So I want, I want to go back to a point that you made, which is that this roster is not good enough to compete in MLS. That was basically effectively a point that you made early on in that, in your, your yeah, yeah. monologue, if you will. Um, I, I'm going to, and George kind of, you know, called out the point talking about the, the, you know, Cabrera days and, and uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Elise and Kyoto and, 
and Cabezas. Look, there's another player in there that we acquired uh, via signing that was, without a shadow of a doubt, it was a player that Jordan had his hands all over, which was uh, Kiki Struna. Look, Kiki Struna was not, the, we didn't get the most out of Kiki Struna when he was here, but then now the guy, guy goes on, he goes and plays for another team up in Canada uh, for MLS, and now he's one of the standouts for him. And that that right there, that right there is why I struggle to say, to pin all the blame on Matt Jordan. It's not just Matt Jordan. This is not just a Matt Jordan problem. It's not to say that Matt Jordan is still a huge part of the problem, but the the other part of that problem is the fact that Tab is not good enough right now. Even with players that are good enough to be MLS starters, Struna is good enough to be an MLS starter. Karaskia is good enough to be an MLS starter. Rudy is obviously good enough to be an MLS starter. Fafa Pico is good enough to be an MLS starter. We know that Tyler Pasher is good enough to be a quality MLS starter. He's proven it with this team. Look, we know that Hidebi should be good enough to be an MLS starter. We know that Tim Parker was good enough and is good enough to be an MLS starter at center back. We don't know if Marco Maric is good enough to be an MLS starter. That That is still, you know, the jury is still out on that one. But regardless of all of that, there is a point here that, it, that I'm trying to make, which is that we've had the talent. We've had the talent in spurts and bits and pieces. And Tab has not been able to maximize what that talent brings him because he refuses to break away from his desire to play a specific style of soccer, his desire to play a specific tactical approach and tactical game plan. Look, the fact is that I, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it flat out. Tab has made Jordan look far worse than Jordan, Jordan looked during the Wilmer Cabrera era. And that takes a lot. Sean, let me let me point something out. You know, I, I'll point a couple of examples out just to just to back up the case that you're making right now. Think about a player like Ariel Lasseter. Mm-hmm. When Ariel Lasseter came in from the Dynamo, he was the number two scorer in the Costa Rican League. Now, now a lot of people be like, "Oh, it's the Costa Rican League." But I'm listening to that. Hey, the Costa Rican League for those who don't watch, you know, you think might you think might be below MLS standards, but to be honest, I think a lot of those Costa Rican teams can give a lot to can give a lot of help to MLS teams. Obviously, we all know Saprissa and what they're doing. But Ariel Lasseter came off a, a championship run with, with in the Costa Rican League, who, who going up against Saprissa, you know, and he was the number two goal scorer in that in that whole league. How does somebody go from scoring that many goals, you know, and and in a difficult league? And you know, we all watch Concacaf matches. We all know how the environments are, you know. Imagine playing playing in a league that gives you that year in uh, game match in match out. Every every week when you're not at home, they're throwing piss at you. They're throwing beer at you. They're throwing whatever they can find at you. And Lasseter's out there doing it. He comes to MLS with the Dynamo, and all of a sudden he forgets how to play soccer. You know, um, think about uh, you know George in the, in the chat matches Alex Lopez. Look look at what Alex Lopez has been able to accomplish ever since he's left the Dynamo. You know, and obviously that has no, no reflection to what to him being touched by Tad, but you know, but it's it's one of those things where there are players here with talent. Darwin Quintero, regardless of I don't I, see, and the thing is like we we don't know what the situation is between both of them personally, and I don't, I don't care. At the end of the day, their personal situations or their personal vendettas towards each other does not outweigh the team's success. Team success comes first, okay? So if Darwin Quintero is a player that can help the team, Darwin Quintero should be out there playing for the team. You know, regardless of what personal vendetta you got against him or or how you feel towards him, doesn't matter. 
Christian Ramirez, another another example, had him, even though he was backing up in LAFC because obviously LAFC at the time had uh, Diomande at the at the at the nine and stuff like that. But when he was in Minnesota United, he was killing it. He's a Minnesota United legend. Minnesota United would love to have him back right now. But all of a sudden, he comes to the Dynamo, can't score worth a lick. Can't do can't can't do nothing. You know. So I mean, it's 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 something here. Like I said, I. I like it's great that we're picking up these players left and right, whatever. But the fact of the matter is that sometimes we're picking up these players because the other team doesn't want them because for whatever reason they're they're they're, they're just not good enough for that team. And we're thinking that we're pickpocketing these other teams and we're getting a, a badass player, but in reality we're not because this player doesn't even match doesn't even fit in the system that your coach currently has. So you're you're already give you're already putting that player behind the eight ball already because. You're putting him in a situation where he's not going to succeed. You know the fact of the matter is, you know we all, you know when Mauro got got transferred to Tijuana, we're all like, man, oh man, this is Christian's time. This is Christian Ramirez's time to finally shine, to finally show the Minnesota United uh, Christian Ramirez that we've been that, that that scores goals, that carries his team, that puts the ball in the back of the net. What are we gonna do? Get Maxi or, or Rudy a, a journeys a journeysman. That's been, you know, Dallas, Montreal, Philadelphia, X, Y, whatever. And, and and we give him the starting spot. You know, when Christian Ramirez has been here for a year, a year and a half, and, and it's been in this system already. So, I mean, either Christian just sucks or 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 or, or Tab thought that Maxi was gonna be the better player. But like you said earlier in your in your in your in your conversation, uh, Sean, you know. Tab has a lot to do with this as well because these players are brought in because of him. You know, this 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 season, these players are brought in because of him. Hoffman, Eric Jones, um, uh, whoever, um, whoever else I'm missing, all these ties to 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 Tab Ramos and all this familiarity that they had because they were players in the youth team. They're not playing. If they know Tab's system so well because they played it when they were youth players, then why are they not playing? You know? That's that's not that's not what I, I don't understand. And, Look, and, I, I, and, I, and I agree with and I agree with what Sergio's saying on the chat. Chat, you can't go from lead, from leading goal scorer and assist maker to a scrub in one year. Look, I understand that maybe Darwin didn't come into into playing shape in the beginning of the year. Okay, that's fine. You know that you know how how much how much, how many times that happens in every league throughout throughout the world. A lot of veteran players don't come in into the league, you know, uh, in game shape. But you know what you do as a training staff. And 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 a trainer, you get that player into training and playing shape. That's what you do. They have a job. That's what you go do. So if he came in twenty pounds overweight, then you get those twenty pounds off of him. You know, it, it is what it is. That's what you. That's what you pay a a training staff for. That's what you pay a a, a training manager for, or 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 whatever kind of manager you have over there to get these players in shape into 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 fitness. I mean, this whole thing about. Him coming out of shape and not showing professionalism, blah, blah, blah. That's Tab's lack of experience of not being around professional players and just being around youth players. And that and that right there is the reason why Tab needs to go. Look, and I, I'm I'm obviously I'm completely with you. I, I think the points of, you know, players that have left have have gone to be, you know, even though they didn't go leave within MLS necessarily, but they've left to go be better with other teams. Christian Ramirez, Albert Delise, Mara Minotas. Uh, I would even argue that Tommy McNamara had a better season or has had a better season with New England Revolution than he's had than he had with us. 
Um, and that was a player that everybody wanted out at that point, that we were happy for him to be leaving. Darwin Quintero comes into the team. He clearly has a very good season last season, in spite of Tab, in my opinion, with all the pieces that were around him. And we had plenty of pieces this season, and, and, and I agree with you. I mean, okay, maybe you sit the guy for the first three matches of the season, first four matches of the season. That's fine. But the moment that Pasher was called up to the Canadian national team and your team started to struggle, that's when you need to bring this guy in and you need to let him play. And to the point that was made by Hattie earlier, look, we saw Quintero when he was playing for the Dynamo uh, this season in the couple of matches we've seen him in, even even where he was coming in as a sub, and he didn't look like the same player. He still had that creativity, but he wasn't connecting with the players. And you could argue that some of that is due to not being available for preseason, coming in a little bit out of shape, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. The fact is that's on tab to get that figured out. And to the point of, and and, and I really love the point that Hattie made, we have to ask the question because everybody wants to state when they argue that Jordan should be the one out and Tab should be the one to stay, you know, look, these players don't fit Tab's system. Well, at the end of the day, I have to ask the question, who fits Tab's system? Because we've brought in so many players that are supposed to fit that system and they they still don't look like they're, they're you know, they're that great of players. Griffin Dorsey, Derek Jones, uh, Ian Hoffman, I would even argue, you know, there's other players besides them. Uh, that were brought in that were tab specific players. Ariel Lasseter, considering one of them, uh, you know, is someone who has connections with tab. And yet we're in the same place we've been. We've not improved. Again, I'm going to note we've gone backwards. We've not gone forwards under tab under Jordan. And, and again, I'm not trying to give Jordan a pass. I believe Jordan needs to go too. I believe we need a full reset this off season. And look, if we can do a full reset this off season, we can start the really true what needs to happen rebuild. Let's bring in those young kids. Let's bring in that Marcelo Palomino. Let's go ahead and bring in Eric McHugh. Let's go ahead and bring in Kyle Morton and, and let Marich go off to, you know, go off to, you know, be traded to another team who needs a goalkeeper or whatever. You know, we have players that can that can start in those positions. Yeah, they may not be world beaters, but right now nobody on the squad is. Look, Sean, and another thing right now, look, obviously the, 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 the anomaly here is Ted Siegel, right? But – this man, we're 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 throwing him an alley oop, to be honest. You know, him if he if he fires Jordan today, tomorrow, whatever, that just that just creates brownie points with the fan base. You know, honestly, you know it's not something difficult. I, I mean, you know, the only reason it's not something difficult to do. I mean, you know, the guy has really the what else he's gonna do? The transfer window's closed. You know, um, you're not gonna bring in any other players. You know. Um, I mean, you're really the season. It is what it is. You know, you're just trying to survive and and keep and keep moving. You know, to be honest, I'm just waiting for the season to end. Honestly, you know. Um, so if you're not so if you're not gonna bring in anybody else, you're not gonna you're not gonna do anything else. Then what's the purpose of Matt Jordan for? You know, this is an easy easy. Hey, you know what, Matt Jordan? Thank you for your time as a Dynamo general manager, but your time has come. Bye. You know. When that when that when my ESPN buzzer goes off and it says uh, Dynamo have released Matt Jordan from his duties, uh, that's gonna that, you know what you know how much more positive energy towards Dynamo that's gonna put inside of me. You know why do we have to wait till the end of the season? For what? For what reason? It's 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 complete madness. I look on the on the tab side of things. Okay, I can understand. You know, hey, you know what? Let him run out his 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 contract, whatever. Cool, we can let him go. And then that way, you know, by that time we have, we have a general manager in or, or potential candidates, whatever, that can be looking for other, for the next head coach as well, right? But 
This, to be honest, is a layup for Ted. Uh, I think it's something simple. This hashtag fire mad Jordan movement, we need to be, it needs to be um, dealt with as far as the front office comes and as far as ownership goes, because I think he would gain a lot of brownie points with the fan base. A fan base that right now is, is hanging on by a thread. And I'm not talking about the supporters, because the supporters are always going to be there, right? We're supporters. That's what, we're, that's what we do. But as far as the fan base, as far as the, the, the 80% of the rest of the stadium, you need those guys. You need that fan base. So, you know, throw him a, throw him a, throw him a treat out there and, and do what you got to do and let this guy go because, you know, it needs to be done. It should have been done already. Just a second. Okay. Good. Good. Right. Good. Oh. Typing very furiously typing something. Uh, uh, no, okay. no so I mean, I, I think Sergio. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I, well, just... I, I wanted to keep going. Uh, so obviously, you know, uh, um, George brings up a good point, you know, and I want to give a shout out to obviously the surge and, and all those guys. And, and obviously, you know, about the own two, they, they, they had their TIFO out there as well. Uh, you know, the fire mad Jordan TIFO and obviously the, the, the pole stand that and a lot of pictures all over social media on Twitter and things of that nature. And, and obviously a lot of retweets and, and, uh, and, and likes and all that good stuff, which kind of shows and should show the fan base. I mean, it should show the, the front office and ownership, how serious the fan base is about this happening. Um, you know, and it, it's, and I think, you know, it just shows the unity between the supporters and stuff like that. You know, especially when they have a common goal and, and, and this being the common goal, of trying to get that guy out of out of out of the management position for for the Dynamo, I think it's something that needs to happen. Like I said earlier, it needs to happen. If it, sh- it should have happened already, um, but we'll see. If it doesn't happen, I- I'm sure that the surge and everybody else will have bigger and better plans for the next game to to let them know that we mean business about this. Yeah, I was gonna just point out, uh, you know, Sergio's comment. Uh, I thought was a fantastic comment, and I think it needs to be called out. Which is, you know, I, I he says I want Tab to be good, but at this point, if I'm Ted, start from scratch, tear it down, man. I'm okay with being bad if I can see potential to be good in the future, but right now, I see no potential, and I think that's 100% fair. And I think 100% I'm in the same boat. Look, it, it, I still would have been on board with Tab if Jordan had been fired at the you know last off season. But at this point, you know, I've seen enough to know that at least what I see right now is not going to be good enough and it's not cutting it and it's it's not going to change with what we have. And maybe just changing GM will be enough, but I'm in the boat now where I'm not content with it being enough. I want it to be better than enough. I'm tired of being mediocre. I'm tired of being, you know, uh, uh, of just doing enough to get by, of just doing enough to try to aim for the playoffs. Look, if Ted is a man of his word and he's going to be willing to put in the resources to be a top team in MLS, then it is time we move on from being enough. It is time for us to be the best. And if that is the approach that Ted is going to take in the offseason, it is not going to be with Matt Jordan as general manager. It is not going to be with uh, Tab Ramos as head coach. It is going to be with a new head coach and a new general manager and probably a whole bunch of new players. And I'm not saying that it is going to be an over, you know, just this offseason and suddenly we'll be successful. What I'm saying is we have to start and we have to make a concerted effort to be successful now and in the long term. We can't just bring in players that are only going to be here for one to two seasons 
unless we intend to sell them on. Look, bringing in a player right now that is going to retire as a Dynamo player, like a Boniac Garcia, for instance, who's going to retire as a, as a Dynamo player, look, that's all good and well, but that does not improve the quality of your squad. Bringing in a player like Kataskia is exactly what we need to do, but under the system and under the approach that we have right now, it's only going to ultimately st uh, uh, stunt his growth and the growth opportunity that he currently has right now. No, and I, and I truly agree with you. Like I said, you know, uh, Hattie in the chat says exactly no one wants Tab to fail, but it is what it is. Only way to go up is now, but my Jordan and Tab are holding us uh, holding us in last. And, and and that's completely true. I mean, it's, I mean, look, do I, 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 I wish that Matt Jordan and, and, and would have worked out. I wish Matt Tab Ramos would have worked out, dude. I, I don't think anybody here wished that this was happening right now, what's currently happening, you know, uh, but but it just didn't. And it's, and it's not, man, dude. I mean, like it's 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 one of those things where, man, you you keep wanting, you keep throwing the same stuff out there on the pitch, and you're expecting different results, and you're not getting the results. I mean, the, there's a reason why we haven't won in in almost a hundred days. Think about that, Sean. We haven't won a game in almost a hundred days. That's 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 crazy. That's crazy. A hundred days without winning a single solitary game. That's 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 beyond crap. And the fact that we're still having a conversation about, you know, about a GM that's that's basically, you know, that shouldn't be there anymore, and a coach that you know that really has not shown that that he's up to standard to coach, you know, to coach at this level. We're still having a conversation here about, you know, well, you know, this and that. Like, no, man, it's 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 it is what it is. Like Hattie said in the chat, we gotta let these guys go. We gotta start from scratch. And, and and just keep it moving, keep it going, you know. Um, it's a shame that it didn't work out, but hey, not everything works out the way it's supposed to. That's why you keep you keep it going, you keep it moving. And it's going to be very interesting to see what Ted has up his sleeve, you know. And I, and like I said, I I I for for not just me as a Dynamo fan and supporter, but for everybody on this chat, for everybody who attends the games, for everybody who's been a Dynamo fan since '06, you know, from all the, from everyone. And we we hope that 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 Ted is bringing change for sure, for sure. And one way he can show us he's for real is by hashtag Fire Matt Jordan. We'll see. Um, in the in the chat, he's, they say uh, we thought Owen, Owen Coyle was rock bottom, but and obviously rock bottom can keep going. He go he can keep going further down. Keep going further down. We're living that moment right now, and it's a moment that I want to get out of as soon as possible. You know, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you know, the question was asked, and I think this is a pertinent question to, to kind of think about, too, but any ideas who could be a legitimate replacement for Matt and or Tab? That came from C. Sanford. Thanks again for um, tuning in and, and following us. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to toss it to you, but the, the answer I'm going to give right away is I don't, and I, it's like I said in chat, I don't, there's not really any coaching candidates right now that I would, you know, I would say, man, I, absolutely, you got to sign that guy. Now, with the GM position, that's a little bit different. I think there are GM options out there, but, you know, it, it's not going to be a tomorrow process. You're going to have to 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 basically, you know, you're going to have to woo somebody a little bit to, to, to get them out of whatever position they're in. And the fact is we can't, you know, and, and maybe it's okay to go for an assistant GM from another club as long as it's a successful club like a Seattle or or even a sporting Kansas City. But But right now what I'm looking at with what we have I really feel like we need to we need to lure somebody from another club. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that can happen. I mean, uh, a lot of coaches can be let go from their respective teams, um, not just from MLS, but, you know, from other cl clubs around the world. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's kind of hard, especially not being in, in the known of what, of what, what criteria Ted is looking for as far as like a coach and a general manager, which I think that general manager needs to come first before the head coach. So, so obviously, you know, I'm not sure what he's looking for, you know, and, and, and again, that's, that's why, that's another reason why I would dismiss Manjona from his duties already, because, you know, yep. it's one thing, it's one thing to, you know, to start the search for a new general manager. When you don't have one as opposed to starting to search when you still have one currently sitting on that seat and you know um it's funny i, I remember last season when they hired the, when they hired that committee to go search for a new gm and then at the end of, at the end of the day ended up being matt jordan signing an extension for a year um so that's you know stupid but but yeah man i mean it's 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 one of those things and sergio says for a gm try to pro poach somebody from a successful mls club and that's that's fine you know that's that's that, that could that could be the route that they go, but I mean, but what's going to entice them to go to to come to Dynamo? I mean, a lot of people might have ambition and might be like, well, you know what? I want to have my own. My, I want to I want to be the guy. I want to be the GM. I want I want to get out of this assistant GM role and be and be the guy. Yeah, there's going to be guys like that, you know, and that's fine. That's great. But you know, are they going to be able to 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 create the same success that they have? At that at the club currently with the guidelines that Ted gives them, obviously we don't know what those guidelines are at the moment, right? Um, but maybe they are, maybe they aren't, you know. Because if it's if it's same old status quo, just different owner, then it might be tough for for an assistant general manager at Seattle to say, you know what, I'm going to leave Seattle um, to go to the Dynamo and see if maybe I can whip something up over there. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think there are obviously opportunities, and we've talked about this. You know, we we talked about it when we were talking about the off season, not just this off this past off season, but the off season before that even. You know, we talked about that if you're Matt Jordan or you're you know whoever you are, you have to take you have to swing for the fences, right? You can't you can't just assume that because you're the Houston Dynamo, you're not going to be able to attra attract the top talent, or not going to be able to lure a player or coach or GM. Uh, into the fold just because you're the Houston Dynamo and maybe you're not the most popular destination. Look, there are coaches right now that would l jump at the opportunity to coach for the Houston Dynamo simply for the fact that they want the opportunity to turn it around. They want to be that coach that their legacy is, I took over a club that was in last place that was one of the worst clubs in the league, and we turned it around in the very next season or the next two to three seasons. We were vying for MLS championships. We had built out a structure that was, you know, viable over the long term. You know, we turned the entire fate of the club around, basically. And look, the same can be true for, a G, you know, an assistant GM or GM right now, especially GM. You know, you can do that, but that has to be the story you're willing to tell. It has to be. We're going to give you the resources. If Again, it all comes back to, is Ted really a man of his word? Is he really, truly offering, you know, even right now, is he is he offering, you know, potential GMs, you know, the opportunity to, to come in and make their mark right away? Or is he trying to wait until the offseason so that he doesn't have to pay the remainder of Matt Jordan and Tab Ramos's uh, contracts? Or let's even just say Matt Jordan's contract, pay the remainder of Matt Jordan's contract 
so that he doesn't have to he doesn't have to pay that money, and then he can wait until the off season when he doesn't have to renew Matt Jordan, and then he can start the co- you know the search for a new GM. Look, I've said it on Twitter. I think that Ted is probably looking for a new GM right now, but Ted is also one of those guys who flat out said that he is a business guy and he knows that he does not understand soccer in a way that he could be the guy directing things and he could be the guy leading things. He's going to bring in the people. These were his words. He's going to bring in the people or going to trust the people to make the decisions that he puts in position to make the decisions. Well, at this point, the people that are in place to make those decisions are not making very good decisions. They're not improving things at this point. So what is the next logical step? Well, it's, you got to move on from those players. You have to move forward from the, or from those, uh, from those positions, from the people. Uh, and yeah. you have to move, you know, you have to move forward into something different. Look, Jamie Roots is not coming back at this point. Jamie Roots left because he saw what shambles his club was in and he knew that this was going to be an unsuccessful venture for him. Now, it's possible. I mean, Jamie Roots could come back. You could see him come back, maybe not this offseason, but maybe next offseason and take things over. But the guy is not a soccer general manager. He's he's a soccer president. Look, the guy has been in soccer. He understands soccer, but he's not a soccer from a per, from the perspective of soccer operation. uh, operations. He's not an operations guy. He's a business guy. Well, so does John Walker. So is that a guy that you need to have in Jamie Roots? Is he going to bring anything different than you already have? Um, you know, you know the, John the, Walker the, definitely knows entertainment. Go ahead, Mark. You know the thing of the like you said earlier. You know, obviously Ted isn't the guy. He he, he understands that he doesn't know the, the 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 structure of soccer and all that stuff and how a soccer team needs to be run. He just he but he knows business. He knows he needs you know he gets the, he needs to get the smarter people who know who understand this this game and put them in the position to to succeed. Right. Um, so hopefully, like I said, he goes out and finds those people that are. That know what to do and 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 have a plan in place to turn this franchise around. Look, man, for as much crap as we've as as we with have uh, gone through the last seven years, as far as you know, being last place teams, uh, uh, t- top top three below on on payroll, things of that nature, whatever, losing high end players for nothing for, for uh, you know for basically nothing in transfers and things of that nature. Houston is a, is is a destination, man. You know. Houston as a city, Houston as a as a as a culture, Houston as a as a as a as a potential soccer club and soccer mecca in America, ha, there's 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 a lot of potential for that. MLS wants Houston to succeed, you know. Barber wants Houston to be one of the top teams in in, in MLS, you know. For the small twenty five years that MLS has existed, Houston is one of the even though Houston has only been around for about half of that. Houston is one of the most successful clubs in, in, in MLS history. As far you know, as far as championships, uh, Open Cup, you know, uh, finals appearances and things of that nature. Um, so I mean, we have a lot of things going for us. Obviously, we don't see it now because we've been so blinded by, by all the dirt thrown in our eyes because of all the losing. You know, but we do have a culture, we do have a history and things of that nature. And, and like and like Sean mentioned earlier, to be that coach and that general manager that could turn it around. Those guys are going to be legends forever, and and in any kind of club of soccer and, and soccer whatever, whether if it's whether it, it could be the biggest clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid, to the smallest clubs, some club in fifth tier, uh, Scotland, wherever, you know, to be recognized as as one of the one to be recognized as a person who turned that club around at some point is 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 you know. You can't ask for much more as a, as a soccer person involved with this involved with the beautiful game, though. 
Yeah. Um, man, you know, it, it's all of the, all of this negativity, you know, it hurts, but it's, it's, it, it also feels good to get it out there. It feels good to talk about it. And instead We're of venting just, right now, we're venting. Yeah, right we now. are absolutely venting. Yeah. The, the steam is the definitely venting. being vented. That is for the sure. Venting stage of our relationship. But I want to talk about something that uh, George kind of hinted at as well, which, you know, he says, uh, you know, we were a dynasty at one point, and I think that's a very good point. And if we go back and we look, you know, the, the key change right there uh, that took us from being a dynasty to being a, you know, Dyna has been, if you will, uh, it, it, you know, the, the key crux there was when AEW left and, and or when really when Gabriel Brenner took over as AG. majority owner. Uh, AG. A, AG, I said AEW, sorry. AEG, AEW's on the mind. George, you know what's up. Uh, AEG, AEG stepped away uh, as majority owner and let Gabriel Brenner buy, the, buy their majority stake. And that was something that a lot of the fans wanted because the team at the time was the redheaded stepchild of Shut Up-ness was the redheaded stepchild of AEG. AEG had at the LA Galaxy, and they were spending all of the money on the LA Galaxy and hardly any of it on the Houston Dynamo. Boy, I long for those days. I want those days back, you know? But at the same time, that was the that was the, the beginning of the of the shift in momentum. It was the beginning of the shift from, you know, from, uh, from, from uh, capable ownership uh, to ownership that frankly was was nowhere near in MLS quality ownership in that current time frame and and it sucks because we were right at the end of where MLS was pushing to just get new owners in so that they could go ahead and and uh, and, and and basically have every team be owned by a different ownership group or ownership um, and now we look at it and Frankly, if we had stayed with AEG just a little bit longer, we probably could have had somebody other than Gabriel Brenner and someone who would have paid the money for the Dynamo at that point. Um, you know, who, who knows who it would have been back then, but it, it, we would be in a totally different situation. To further that point, we kept around Chris Canetti for a number of years following that point. And look, Chris Canetti, from a business standpoint, he did a great job. We were one of the more successful clubs in terms of business. We were still finding ways to make money in spite of being a losing club over the over the long term of Chris Canetti's tenure as president and and uh, and otherwise of the dynamo look all of that being said there were mistakes that were made along the way and there were things that we as fans pushed for from the dynamo to try to help our team improve because they were things that we thought we understood that needed to be changed but in reality the changes that we were you know requesting the things that we were pushing for ultimately made the team worse in the long run so here we find ourselves at another crux, another another um, crossroads, if you will, with the decision to be made. And we, yes, Mark, uh, said fork in the road. I'm sorry, fork in the road. Yeah, thank you. Uh, another fork in the road where a decision has to be made, and we know without a shadow of a doubt what that initial decision needs to be. And that initial decision will signal a move by Ted and a de- and a commitment by Ted to improve this team. But right now, we can talk about it until we're blue in the face. We can vent about all of our frustrations until we're blue in the face. But until Ted makes that move, and if he waits until the offseason to make that initial move, you know, getting rid of Matt Jordan, to me, that is a failure by Ted Segal. And that signals to me that he is not going to necessarily put his foot down, and he is not going to be the type of owner that is going to make quick decisions when quick decisions are necessary. Look, we've seen Atlanta absolutely struggle through the last three seasons and now they've gone through three different coaches we've been in the same boat three seasons and we're still on the same coach you know that and that, and that just shows the difference between uh amb- ambition between the clubs because yep. 
obviously, you know, Atlanta has been has been to the mountaintop. Atlanta has won everything in a short period of time, you know, and 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 they saw, and they see how much helps the club with support and everything as far as fan base being one of the best fan base in the league and all that stuff and they want to continue having that and they still have that as far as fan bases because regardless of their win or they're winning or not at the moment the the front office is willing to do whatever it needs to be whatever needs to be done to make sure that the, the fan base knows that they care you know um obviously uh hiring frank de boer after tata martino left was not the right choice they, they, you know, under Frank De Boer, they won, they won two titles. You know, two titles that honestly, obviously, were kind of, you know, handy, handy titles because you know they were, they were with the, the team that that Tata left behind, but he got them. So you know, you let that guy roll, and obviously, you see that he wasn't the right coach for it because of how big his name was. You, 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 you get away from him. You go to uh, Gabriel Hanens. He, this guy only lasted ten. Pizza. Pizza. It lasted 10 games because he was doing some stupid stuff that he wasn't supposed to be doing. The front office came in and said, you know what? You're out. I'm sorry. First and foremost, we're not even getting the results that we want. You're out. And, and, that's, and that's fine, dude. You know, I'm not saying every, every decision needs to be a, a quick reaction. You know, I understand that you have to take, take a step back and look at everything and evaluate everything before you make a decision. But this decision to fire Matt Jordan is a layup. It's a layup, like we like I mentioned earlier. It's it's something that's gonna happen. Well, I'm hoping it's gonna happen. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, he I, I was hoping it was happening last season, but somehow he survived that. So I mean, I don't know. But 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 if but if he's true about you know trying to change the culture of this team and 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 bring them to the forefront of the league and making the Houston Dynamo FC uh, one of the biggest clubs in in, in the MLS. And this decision should be an easy one. It should be the first major decision he makes under his ownership group. It's a and it's a win-win for both the ownership and for the fan base because the fan base wants this, and the ownership hopefully is not trying to move forward with Matt Jordan. So I don't understand why this decision hasn't been made yet. You know, and and I mean the fact is, it, it whatever Seagal's choice is in in holding back from making the decision, whether it's that he doesn't have somebody to replace him, okay, let Nick Calba step up into the interim role, yeah. you know, or maybe it's that he he's they're trying to ink somebody right now. Maybe they're already in the process, but you know, there are obviously details that need to be made. Look, you can still get rid of Matt Jordan in the interim. That's the fact. You you made the point that is clearly a slam dunk. That's not just a layup. That is a slam dunk. And it doesn't matter if you think that Matt Jordan can be better than he's shown with a bigger budget. If you don't think that if you think that maybe Matt Jordan hasn't had enough of a budget to work with or the resources to work with, that's perfectly fine and well. But at the go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry, Sean, but, but but see, you know, everybody says, oh, but, you know, Matt, if, if Matt Jordan had more funding, if he was able to bring in the big. But he, he not only has he hasn't just botched on the team. He's botched deals, trades. A lot of things, you know. So what? What would make me think that he would be capable of making those acquisitions of bigger players, you know, the, or, or or being able to bring uh, high level quality players to the Dino? But just because there's a lot of money, how many players have we seen big name players be given a lot of money, come over here and haven't done a damn thing? I feel that Matt Jordan would be bringing those players here to Dino to the Dynamo, you know. Those uh, oh, we, we're gonna pay. X amount of dollars. We're gonna we're gonna have our first ever five million dollar a year player, and and it just so happens to be a player that just sucks and doesn't do anything for us. You know, 
I mean, Matt Jordan hasn't really shown me anything aside from the first couple of years where, you know, first maybe one or two years. But after that, he's been striking out, been striking out, been striking out, been striking out. Been botching deals. Uh, been getting fleeced by, by, by the impact on trades. Been getting fleeced by other clubs, uh, giving away Tam and Gam to bring in these backup players that uh, on these other teams and, and don't do a damn thing here for us, you know? Um it, it, you know, just you gotta let the guy go. Gotta let the guy go. This, this is a slam dunk decision, and uh, it, sh- it should be it should be done. It should be done already. Um, and, yeah. I, and and I feel that we that we as we as a fan base and, and supporters and and all and all these if, if it doesn't get done, I mean, I, I feel like Saturday we need to make it and make make it make 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 a louder noise to let them know. Yeah, to Sergio's point, most GMs would not have had a job with the seven-year run MJ has had, referring to Matt Jordan. The ambition of the Dynamo under Brenner was so low. It's true, and I think Brenner understood that he just wasn't financially able to support the team and, and back the team in, in the front office in, in, a, you know, in a way that would ultimately really uh, you know, have, a, have a positive effect. What's up, DeWalco? Unfortunately, we're closing down right about now because Mark's got a prior engagement to get to, but... Uh, you know, guys, the, the reality is, you know, in, in, in all seriousness, as much as we kind of joke around sometimes, the fact is Matt Jordan's record has been terrible. And, 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 you know, no matter, as I said, no matter what Ted, you know, Ted wants to think about Matt Jordan, maybe Matt Jordan has much bigger ambitions and he's just not been able to achieve them because he didn't have the resources, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. He's been a failure here and it's not necessarily, even if it's not his fault, you still understand it is still his fault. Uh, you know, because of the fact that he still had the capability to make moves and the moves that he made were not great. I don't care if maybe part of the problem, and I'm only throwing this out there so fans have an idea of sometimes what can happen. Maybe part of the problem was the fact that Gabriel Brenner wouldn't let him sell those players in that initial uh, uh, summer window when he wanted to sell them for six and a half million or four and a half million, whatever it was. We can say that Matt Jordan was fleeced, and I still think it's fair to say that. But the the, the truth is, the fact is, that Matt Jordan was never able to truly make the moves he wanted to make or needed to make. But it doesn't matter because he's now in a situation that keeping him around is a lose-lose. At this point, he just has to go. We all know that that's the truth. We all understand that that's the truth. And the longer they maintain with Matt Jordan as the GM, the longer this team is going to continue to rot in the sellers of this league. Look, I don't know about you guys, and this is where we're going to close out. So first of all, guys, real quick before I get to that, Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Generation Orange. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Gen Orange Radio. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Sean Ringrose. Follow Mark on Twitter at Chase Segovia. You can see all of our hashtag or uh, the, and the f- hashtag Fire Matt Jordan uh, as well. You can see all the hashtags, all of the Twitter handles, all of the other social media stuff that we have. You can see all that up on the uh, screen there. Uh, but look, thank you for saying this is a great pregame show before the All-Star Game. We appreciate that. Look. The reality is, the truth is, the the fact of the matter is, if you will, I personally, and I know Mark is going to echo the sentiment, I am tired of holding it down in the bottom of the league. I want to be at the top of the MLS standings. We've ha- we have to, at this point, move on from Tab and move on from Matt Jordan. And look, we know, and we've already said this, the sooner that happens, the better. Next season will be here before we know it, but either way, we're going to continue to hold it down.
Sean Ringrose from Gen Orange here. I wanted to take a quick moment to thank Feedspot for including Generation Orange in their top 15 U.S. Women's National Team podcasts list, which you can find at https colon backslash backslash blog.feedspot.com backslash USWNT underscore podcasts, or just check out the link in the show notes. This is a huge honor for us, and we hope you'll take a few moments to support Feedspot and us by navigating to their list. Hey, enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks for listening to the audio-only podcast edition of our show. We air live over on Twitch via our Twitch channel every Wednesday, life and work permitting, starting at 7 p.m. Central. If you like what you've heard here so far, follow our Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash genorange. And while you're over there, why not do us a huge favor and go ahead and drop a sub? If you do catch us during the live show, let us know in the Twitch chat. We love you guys and look forward to chatting with you guys next Wednesday. Now, back to the show. Well, guys, that is it for this week's audio-only podcast episode, which has been uploaded to Anchor.fm. Special thanks to our producer and streamer boy, Nestor Luna, for helping take care of the technical details each week for our show. We look forward to talking with you again real soon. Hold it down, Houston. <laughs>